grit for the day. Lived experience from influencers who overcome with CEO and founder Thomas Lee Johnson. Or with a pitch roof in the front of it, and I had a BB gun, and I was amusing myself plunking a hornet's nest up in the peak of this of of this uh, <laughs> of this of this roof in, inside the peak. Yeah. And so I would plink that I would plink that nest. And these hornets were, <laughs> and they would go back. Hey, it's good to see you. Welcome to Grit for the Day podcast. I am CEO and founder of AgileImmersive.com, Thomas Lee Johnson. AgileImmersive.com is a transformation strategy firm where we help organizations transform into higher performing versions of themselves. In these times of shared turmoil and shared calamity, we must also share our collective wisdom and the psychological safety of belonging to the human family. Umoja ni nguvu. Unity is strength. Today's episode is with my friend and mentor, J National Capital CEO and founder, Bill Jackson, who was raised in Havelock, North Carolina. Bill's life is a tale of elasticity, elasticity to grow, cope, endure, and overcome. Bill built $200 million worth of hotels in the Carolinas and Virginia and has the distinction of having the highest consistent occupancy rate of any boutique hotel in his southeast region at 88%. His accounting training and innovative financing approach have led him to coin his own method, the opportunistic financial engineer, which he has used to double his own deal flow, both commercial and residential real estate deals. I think over a quarter of a million square feet of, of, of real estate, uh, advise venture capital firms, uh, a cybersecurity startup and many, many others. Today, Bill is going to give us an intimate look into his life journey, his joy, his accomplishments, his blind spots and his agony. Patterns from his childhood, which re-emerged into patterns in intimate relationships and patterns in adulthood. Then he will describe how he created a ladder from his despair into his dreams he now lives. We will see how central growth mindset is in his journey. Okay, so Bill Jackson, you have developed how much real estate yeah, in, in today's dollars, probably more than a couple hundred million dollars worth of real estate, and and I I may have twice that much in the pipeline right now. Okay, so it's safe to say you have have developed at least two hundred million dollars in real estate. What is that? A hundred thousand square feet? Two hundred thousand square feet? Yeah, I'd have to work backwards, but but it's. <laughs> It is, uh, among other things, we built, we opened nine hotels in three years in the Carolinas and one nine in- Nine hotels. Yeah, and, and one in Richmond. And to this day, they are the most successful batch of hotels ever built in the Carolinas. Uh, it was my concept. We basically took a Red Roof Inn type product and made a small boutique out of it and we then improved the rooms 
in a way that they were clearly superior to the old Holiday Inn rooms. And so we, we figured out that we could buy the best site in town and improve the rooms and rent for $24. And the Holiday Inns we were competing with partially rented for $40. And so we had a better room. We just flat had a better uh, mousetrap. Wow. And I shook my head and we had opened nine across three states and were running a twin engine airplane and having a lot of fun and my cash flow grew from to a million dollars a year in that period of time. My net worth was growing by a million dollars a year and the hotels, everyone we opened, you could not get a room. They, they, that, they sold out. They stayed sold out and they ran systemically 88% occupancy on an annual basis for years. That's, mm. It's never been done, to my knowledge, anywhere except maybe Orlando, Florida, or Nashville, Tennessee. Wow. Bill has a high-value, high-volume, aggressive cost constriction approach to the businesses that he influences. Go to patreon.com, grit for the day, and help us spread inspiration by becoming a bulk sand grit supporter. My, my father gave me a very motivational speech right after I'd graduated in college. He essentially said he, he didn't understand why in the world I would want to study more accounting since every accountant he knew was an alcoholic. And, and so I was on a little bit of a mission and I ended up Number one in an accounting class at North Carolina State University in the Wolfpack. Yeah. <laughs> in, in in 1974, which which dates me, but uh, I got to brokering commercial real estate and developing commercial real estate. But I really viewed myself as much as a financial as a financial engineer instead of a real estate developer. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very opportunistic person. I'm not a formula real estate developer. So, I mean, so what you just described, and you know I do this often, when the camera's on, when the camera's off, I often do this. I put the academic label or the industry label on, on a concept that you've mastered. Okay. When you think of yourself, when you said, I think of myself, my mentality is set as not just a real estate developer. I am a financial engineer. Yes. That's called growth mindset. Yes. That's interdisciplinary thinking around multiple opportunities intersected to actually take advantage and actually exploit and lead. My father was not really well equipped to be a, uh, a father and uh, I'd, uh, and so on one hand, I never worried about whether, you know, a college education would be paid for if I wanted to go to college. Right. But on the other hand, um, this guy was uh, violently and unpredictably uh, uh, angry. And, and uh, so he was... He, I was at risk of him exploding at all times. Mm. And so I grew up and and it was, and there were at least four or five circumstances where he came close to killing me and him together. 
and said it wasn't. He had a, uh, some suicide, seriously suicidal tendencies, and I later came to believe was really pissed off with me because I had the relationship with his father that he always wanted was never going to have, probably relating to ADHD issues on his point, mm. his point. Storm clouds gather. After Bill and his partner created nine highly profitable hotels, storm clouds gathered. The consequences of his blind spots emerged. A childhood pattern of wanting to save his mom from her pain became a pattern in his marriage. The consequences of his relationship with his father manifested. Unthinkable shocks to his business and personal life happened in simultaneous timing. When it rains, it pours. Heavy storm clouds on the horizon eventually. Mm. It run, had worked five years of 80 hour weeks. I don't recommend anybody do that. Mm. But, but at that point I was very young in career and the only way I really knew to do that, and I learned, learned how to do better later, was to just be in everything up to my elbows that, uh, you know, I feel some heaviness as I describe it. Mm. And so basically, you know, this there was a $3 million cost overrun on a $4 million budget. I didn't even know that was possible. My goodness. Our cash was gone. And about that time, the woman that I had married and informed me that that she didn't want to continue therapy relating to her struggles with an alcoholic father and she wanted to stop the therapy and also wanted to exit our marriage. That's a kick in the gut. Yeah, but, but my theory is if you truly love somebody, you help them do what they want to do. Sometimes say, I have proven that you cannot die from embarrassment. <laughs> so calling some of these people, I'm just calling attorneys and architects and all kinds of people saying, I'm sorry, I just, I, we do not have, I do not have the money to pay you. Mm. And, and four or five years later, the ultimate result of that was a trip through a bankruptcy court, had one personal bankruptcy. Mm. And I, I, so there was quite a bit of sadness and there was quite a bit of anger and a, quite a bit of confusion. How in the world did this happen? It seemed to come out of left field. Right. Right? And so uh, to rescue my poor, depressed mother who left her... Um, cold and dominating father to marry a cold and dominating man, mm. which is the way that normally happens. Right. And what I will tell you is that the, the difficulty with human development is when we're missing things as we grow up, we don't realize what we're missing, which creates a blind spot. So for her, she had blind spots in a way that she did not know she was marrying a cold and dominating guy. So it just happens without therapy. So the, the promise of therapy for me has always been that you don't have, you're not, you're not married to those problems. You can find a better way, and I'm right. all about the better way. Yes. 
Bill had to cope with divorce, bankruptcy, loss of a business partnership, and the loss of a custom-built dream home, all at the same time. A series of circumstances that would crush anyone, yet Bill was resilient. He was humble enough to build therapy relationships before the storm clouds gathered. He was elastic enough to cope with a series of misfortunate events and not lose his grip on his sanity, even though that was tested as well. And I, it's interesting, I'm, I remember walking down the street in Hayes Barton and thinking to myself, you know, I don't really know if life is worth living. And I believe that is the first and maybe the only seriously suicidal thought I've ever had in life. This saw his therapist three to four times a week. He worked 80 hour weeks for five years. He realized he needed to stop that cadence. Here are some of the pragmatic steps he took to walk through his wilderness and find hope. Good news was that um, I had found arguably this area's leading therapist at that point. This guy's now 90 and is retired to Aiken, South Carolina. Mm -hmm. This guy's name was Nick Stratus. And, and so I had early su career success and, and I could afford all the therapy that I wanted. And I enjoyed the process, enjoyed growing, and I didn't view it in a limited way that says you've got these issues, you go in and fix these issues. Mm -hmm. It was also, this is a way that I could learn to be a better person and grow beyond my current belief system and understanding. Right. So, so at that point, I was extraordinarily well equipped psychologically to be able to deal with that type of thing, and I had set up a system where basically uh, um, I would spend a couple hours each day planning my life and and so I was well grounded and I'd had the proper coaching I knew to to get the proper exercise the proper diet the proper sleep and I was fortunately psychologically quite a bit stronger than than many people would have been in that circumstance yes. and and I I tell people, you know, you wouldn't seriously consider doing your own dentistry. What makes you think you make your own best therapist? What I, what I believe deeply is the, the time to establish a great therapeutic relationship, and I believe we all need them, need it, them, is w before you're into this type of crisis. Right. And so I was planted with a terrific therapist and I'd spent plenty of time on self-introspection, self-improvement things. Bill has some authoritative and creative advice for startup founders, CEOs, venture capital firms, and venture capital investors. I told this guy, Jack, I said, you know, get me on the phone with these guys for an hour. And I know you don't understand what's happened, but you get me on the phone, let me interrogate them for an hour or so, I'll guarantee you you'll know more than you knew right now. Jack, I won't charge you anything. I'm happy to do it. And he was astonished that I would do that, but I do that kind of thing frequently. And so we got him on the phone, and I developed a sense that uh, it probably truly was disruptive technology. And I then said, this is interesting. 
And so over the next two weeks, I had probably seven or eight two to three hour phone calls with various people in that firm. And at that point, I'm becoming interested in potentially becoming personally involved. Am I becoming personally involved because I'm a cybersecurity expert? You got to be kidding me, you know. But I am an expert in locating and vetting and cross-checking experts. Yes. And if the it's a superpower. it yes. is, and if the transaction is there, then I'm going to get in it deep enough and fast enough that I can figure that out. And so, on the way back from California, I stopped by Austin, Texas, and meet a, a conference room full of people, and I'm in active negotiation right now to potentially be an interim CEO of this firm. I would never do it on a full-time basis, and they don't need me. They've got a good chief operating officer. Right. They don't need me on a full-time basis, but they, you say egotistical, but they can't afford to pay for my level CEO talent right, right. now, right. but I would, I would do it for 80% of the founder stock. Gotcha. Um, I had particular difficulties because of my father relationship not being blocked from utilizing good mentor relationships early on. And the, the best mentor relationship would be somebody that you had access to who was generally interested in you and who had a relatively similar experience scaling something that was at least moderately similar to what you were doing. If, if you can't get that, then just get the best mentor you can. Two or three is probably better than one, but I can tell you for sure that, that uh, my net worth would be a great deal higher if, if I had been able, to, hadn't been blocked from utilizing mentors early in life. So mentors are really, really important. The second piece, which is very non-traditional, and I'm a non-traditional guy in many respects, is that the, the startup world is full of myths. Many of those myths go unexamined, and many of those myths, I'm sorry to tell you, are hurtful. And so the myth basically is, you know, you're this guy operating out of a garage, you are going to bootstrap this thing, it's going to be at the cost of working 80 hours a week and maybe sacrificing your health, and you're just going to work and 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 work, and somewhere, somehow, someday, you will eventually prevail. And that's the only way, that's the only model that works, that's the only way that you can do that. And, and, and I, well, I'm afraid that many times, and I, I don't mean to discourage anybody from pursuing their dreams in a way that they seem is authentic to them, but, but I, unfortunately I find that, that many times that leads to a tunnel vision perspective of the ways that you can do these things, and I'll see these guys that are four or five or six years in, and many times I can't tell they're much further along in making progress than they were when they started. And that to me is tragic. Virtuous Enterprise is my invention. It came to evolve as I worked one-on-one -on -one with presidents and CEOs of Fortune 500 companies. One such company, the leader of a 
financial services company headquartered in Wisconsin, came to me and said he had serious constraints uh, and and let's say uh, broken relationships on his leadership team. Through a uh, course of assessment uh, using Frictionless Enterprise, we identified the awareness, purpose, orientation, goal, and cadence of his leadership team. And through that assessment, we were able to diagnose, find the challenges, and actually give them a fix-it plan, which is being implemented at this very moment to great success. Frictionless Enterprise works. It's a transformation strategy that sticks and helps you become steadfast in transforming to ever greater and higher performing enterprise. Go to agileimmersive.com to learn more. Go to patreon.com, grit for the day, and help us spread inspiration by becoming a bulk sand grit supporter. Or with a pitch roof in the front of it, and I had a BB gun, and I was amusing myself plunking a hornet's nest up in the peak of this of of this uh, <laughs> of this of this roof in, inside the peak. Yeah. And so I would plink that I would plink that nest, and these hornets would <laughs> <laughs> and they would go back. It's between me and the hornet's nest underneath the nest. Well, of course, what did I do? But I plink the nest. The freaking nest falls. <laughs> so Jerry does not know this nest has fallen behind him, and I yell his name. He looks out, and this swarm is like what you see in one of these cartoons where <laughs> it is just headed after him. And those pudgy little legs are just puppet like him. Oh, goodness. So uh, I don't know if he will remember the story, actually, but, but he realizes that the swarm is gaining on him. Uh-oh. And... It may be the only seriously athletic move of his life. He takes, <laughs> he takes his right hand, plants it in the middle of the, the, uh, the, <laughs> the handlebars, yeah. and vaults his body over the bicycle. What? Hits the ground running without breaking stride wow. <laughs> and outruns the swarm. <laughs> I laughed. I knew I was going to get a spanked. I laughed. The tears rolled. <laughs> we learn in today's episode that childhood patterns shape thought patterns, which shape business leadership and intimate relationship patterns over the course of our lives. Mental health professionals help us recognize those patterns and form new ones. Our future does not have to look like our past. Bill identified five key ways that he was able to progress from his wilderness to now even doubling uh, his early career success. So he went from 200 million in deal flow to now he's at 400 million and even growing 
further than that. He learned that he is aware that he's insufficient by himself. He focused on the purpose of his life. He has an orientation of a lifelong growth mindset. He set goals and he has a continued cadence of stillness and ongoing relationship. Thank you for joining us on Grit for the Day podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Lee, TJ Johnson. It has been a delight to spend time with you today. Here's to you, my friend. I hope you find your grit to endure and overcome today. Grit for the day. Lived experience from influencers who overcome. With CEO and founder, Thomas Lee Johnson.